Welcome everybody to Breaking the Rules. Your host here, Amber Casto, with co-host for these special editions for Special Forces, episode two. Dana, welcome. Thanks so much. I love being here, Amber. I know. We're having so much fun doing these, you guys. We really really are. Special Forces is an interesting show. I never watched it until now, so I'm extremely (laughs) impressed. Um, But I want to hear about your weekend first, Amber. Tell us about it. OMG. So when I talk about this festival to other people, I usually get that it reminds them or it is the Druid Festival. I don't really know what that means, Dana. (laughs) Okay. But so we have the change of seasons here, of course, in West Virginia, and the trees and mountains get absolutely beautiful. So for the last, I mean, it's like over a century, they've been having this festival in my hometown. It's called the Mountain State Forest Festival. And it's timed really with the changing of the leaves. Mm -hmm. And there's like all of this stuff encompassed with the festival. So there's a coronation and there's a queen, princesses, minor court, jesters that like, tumble down the hill in like uh for like a performance for the queen during coronation it's crazy dana it's absolutely crazy so and there's rules the queen can never be from here so it always has to be somewhere from other like another part of west virginia but all of the minor court and the jesters, Woodley the Elf, which I'll tell you about that, um, they all have to be from in town. And then the princesses are appointed from all over the state by like senators and like oh. agriculture people and stuff like that. They kind of dress them in velvet and all of the colors of the changing leaves. And then Woodley the Elf is like, the different elementary schools, they have a contest. They draw what they like best about the festival. And mm-hmm. then without knowing who made the picture, she picks her favorite one and that person's Woodley the Elf. They have like an acrobatic competition for the jesters. And so they like tumble down this hill. It's pretty neat. I don't know. It's it's so different, Dana. It's so different from anything. It- it almost feels like a mix between the Santa Claus parade. I don't know if you guys have that. No. Slash medieval times. Do you know what either of those two things are? No, I do not know. I know <laughs> what medieval times is. But okay. Like, so some, well, yeah, we have a, a Santa Claus parade here. It's just around the time of um, Christmas. And it's just, you know, parades all the, all the way through Toronto. They're, they're all over Canada, I'm sure. Or I thought they were everywhere. But um, yeah, it's just different Santas and different people. Uh, like elves and different things like that and playing music and dancing and that kind of thing. And it's for kids and it's for people who just are in the spirit. So I, I can definitely appreciate it. Yeah. It's so different. It's, it's like What's a it whole week again? long. Yeah. It's a whole week long and she does, she does school tours. So she goes oh, into cool. the schools and like talks to them. She's a school teacher. She has a master's. She kind of graduated from the college here. So she has roots. Mm-hmm. Here, she's not from here, though. Um, really just about bringing people into the community. There's, like, a lumberjack competition. There's 
you know, all kinds of food trucks come in and there's a carnival and all of this, like a talent competition. And I mean, we, we did, it was, we did the distinguished guest dinner and then, um, the coronation, of course, because my daughter came down the hill as a princess. Oh. And then the Queen's Ball on Friday night after she's crowned, we go in. And it's a big Queen's Ball, which was kind of nice. And do you go every year? No. I mean, I go to, like, my my nieces were princesses last year, so I went mm-hmm. last year. But I didn't go to, like, Queen's Ball. I just went to Coronation. And for me, it's about going out on Friday night and partying. So I kind of missed <laughs> out on that this year. Like all of my friends from like all over come back in for the festival. Oh, so that's so fun. I love that. You know, like it's a block party and everybody yeah. comes out and has a good time. So I missed out on that. So I'm sad about that, but that's okay. I'll, I'm having a 25 year class reunion at the end of this oh, month. Cool. So that's what I'm going to consider my block party. Mm-hmm. Well, so that's not really complain. fun. It sounds like you had a pretty killer weekend. Yeah, it was different. So I heard you had an interesting weekend too, though. Like this is going to, we should do this like a little, like three minute catch up at the beginning. Okay. So that we know. Wait, why, was, what did I do this weekend? <laughs> well, when I texted you to be like, I'm so exhausted that I don't know if I can record on Saturday. You were like, sure. It's Thanksgiving in Canada. Like, please oh. explain this to me. I did not know sure. this. So there's Canadian Thanksgiving, which is now, and then American Thanksgiving is, I think, end of November, but I'm actually, okay, so I'm Jewish by birth, and Jewish people don't really celebrate Thanksgiving, so to me, this is just a long weekend, but I'm also not, I consider myself actually agnostic, so I'm even further away from any sort of religion, so for me, this is just a nice long weekend, but yes, most people are spending time with their families now, so we actually have tomorrow off work as well, long weekend. You're so, like, diverse. Dana, every time we talk, we <laughs> so a little dark. bit more about you. And for sure, I'm like, we're pretty agnostic here as well. Um, oh, okay. Like organized religion scares me a little bit. I've tried. Yes. Yeah, my son is my son is Christian, and we support that. And like, he is like great the church every Sunday. We love it. Um, we're all about like you being yourself. Exactly. But we definitely are not um organized in that sense. So I feel it. <laughs> I, that's good to know. It's good to know we're on that same page. But I love, I love hearing about other people's religions. I love when me people too. are religious. You know, I'm, I'm fully for it as long as people are fully for me too. Me and not, I love not to being into it for myself, right? Yeah, and I love me to too. It's fun. Different ones. So I'm yes, all about totally. like going to different places. We even um, went to Scientology churches when we were living in Seattle oh, really? for a little while. It was very neat. Very, very neat. Um, I think it was more about experimenting done anything for us we just mm-hmm. were like hey let's let's go and check this out when yeah. you get the chance to do things like that because never from here we really didn't have that kind of exposure no and n- no one does I mean when you're raised by your parents they raise you what they are and no one right. really raises their children to say hey one-year-olds do you want to be Jewish agnostic Christian atheist Mormon right I mean you're too young to know those things but I know some people now are trying to raise their children to sort of teach them about all of the different religions and let them pick but obviously when you're such a young age and you don't have that much bandwidth you just are doing what your parents do right so it's of course we all sort of are the religion that our parents are until we're old enough to make our own decisions yeah I feel that 
Okay. Well, what I did to... do this weekend. Well, I, I just wanted to tell you that all I've done this weekend is wake up at 5:30 in the morning every day. I don't know why. It has been happening for a while, but it makes me feel like I am a recruit on special forces because I'm getting up this early. I <laughs> Even though I think they're getting up early later well, than me. I now know who I can text at 5:30 or 6 in the morning whenever I see something and I'm seriously blown away because it sounds good. I cannot sleep. I'm a nurse by trade. So right. a long time ago at night shift messed up my circadian rhythm. So I'm like a five hour a night girl. So depending on when I mm-hmm. go to sleep, I'm up at five, six o'clock every, every morning. Well, well, I've been waking up and just waiting for Billy Billingham to just tell me what to do. That's just what I feel like when I wake up at five thirty in the morning. I'm like, what do you want me to do, Billy? Mr. Mr. Billingham, can you Mr. Billingham, what we need to be let, doing. Let's I just need, get into episode two and have him tell us, room. right? <laughs> well, I need a toto in my living room, Dana. That's what I need. <laughs> well, this episode's called Exposure, and as soon as I saw that, I was like, okay, this is going to be about the cold. They definitely warned us about the cold and how cold it was going to be and how impossible it is to sort of survive the cold. So we definitely start with that. Agreed. As soon as I saw that. I paused it just to look and see what it was called. And I was like, oh, man, yeah, this is going to be a cold one. Mm-hmm. I don't deal well with cold. I'll just mm-hmm. be honest. I'm not like a sleigh rider. I don't get excited about going tubing or skiing. <laughs> All of those things require physical activity, which is why I don't like them. I'm, I'm, I'm much more of a potato-ish type of person. <laughs> but, um, yes, I totally get you there. And, um but we see Des even right at the beginning of the episode saying he feels like shit and he'll be all right once he gets his mental in check. So already right from the beginning, Agreed. like a minute in, we see him losing it a little bit, don't you think? Well, and I also saw mice on the floor as soon as the yes. plane hit. And I don't know if they yes. did that on purpose. And that was like, this is what we're going to make you think it is. But if that, like, I'm I'm freaking out. Like, I'm freaking out if I'm thinking about spiders crawling on me. There's mice crawling on me. I'm probably not Okay. Tom immediately was like, I didn't sleep at all last night. That was horrible. I noticed that, thought about that. But then I also thought about the fact that you've got a bunch of quote unquote celebrities, right? Yeah. I'm curious to know what kind of, I mean, we all live in better conditions than that. But, you know, they're especially going from a cot or going from like their lavish million dollar whatever homes to like this mangy cot. Right. So it was probably a big culture shock for them. It was. I'm sure. Did you? I noticed that somebody said she was out like a light. Were they talking about Angie Black China when they said that? I think so. Um, and then JoJo was trying to get her up. And I think she was just, she just seemed depressed. Like, here's my thing. I'm leaving you back there. If you hear everyone and I can see your eyes are open and you're completely ignoring the fact that we're getting up and walking out. I, I'm not, I am not that much of a game player, I guess. Because well, you're like a like, really, yeah. <laughs> well, I think JoJo's like a really just sweet person. Not that you're not, but like I think she's <laughs> trying to help, and she's trying to, you know, come on, Angela, like you can, you can get out of this. You, you can get up. You can do it, right? And you can just tell her vibe from the beginning of this episode. Well, the beginning of this entire show has <laughs> just been pretty negative. And they, I feel like they put them in charge of way too much. They have them like dealing with this fire. They have it raging, the fire, and she immediately right, right. Can we turn that off? Can we just turn that off? Brian Austin Green, I feel 
feel like he is trying to be funny, but their personalities clash. It yeah, is, I think he should not talk to her at all, <laughs> just out of, like, for fear of getting in a fight with her, honestly. For fear of just not being understood in the way that he's yeah. speaking, because I, I thought it was funny. He's like, no, you can't turn it off. And she was like, well, what about that dirt? First of all, those are ashes. That's not dirt. Those are ashes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, none of these so people could, could survive in, like, a forest with no help. You know what I mean? None, none of these people, for sure. Oh. Them calling when you got the out. Yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, yeah, just about Tara. It's just, you know, even the way they speak to her. Did you hear that Billy told her that she still looks like, and I quote, an unadulterated bag of crap? I laughed. That's, oh, I of laughed. course we laughed. So <laughs> just poor girl, I swear to God. <laughs> I couldn't help but not laugh. Like, of course. This is where I would not do well in the military. My husband told me this. <laughs> These are the things they say to you. Like, they say these things to you all the time. And I'm like, that's when I would laugh. When they said that to somebody else, I'd be laughing. When they said it to me, I would laugh. No, I know. But but don't you feel like we're in this weird... Maybe it's just because of the whole Bethany reality reckoning. But whenever people are speaking like this on TV or like in the first episode, Billy called... Uh, what's his name? Jack Osborne, hideous. I mean, is this not an HR issue on some level? Like, and, and, and I'm going to bring that up a couple more times as we go on. But it's just sort of like, at what point is this like TV? And is just just, just with the whole thing about like how people are being treated on TV? It just makes what which is how the military would be. But it feels there feels to be like this weird divide where I'm a little unsure of what is okay and what isn't. I think I think well. That's a whole other conversation. I could do a yeah. whole other podcast yeah. <laughs> with you on Bravo in general because that Mimi Leaks podcast just mm-hmm. really, like Mimi read her for six hours. It was the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever seen or listened to. Um, but that whole reckoning thing, I I feel like you you are what you tolerate. So if you're not tolerating mm. that environment well or that atmosphere well, then you're going to remove yourself from it. You're right. Same you're right, thing you're right. with Get military. Up and leave. Yeah, you're like, right. If that's totally not your vibe and you're not able to mentally be okay in that yeah. situation where somebody's and we can see it boiling in Angie Black China. She and she makes it evident in her confessionals. I can't take orders. Anybody that's giving me orders. Well, what what in life are you doing where you're not getting orders? Did you notice that she makes a lot of like isms? I guess she has a lot of things like where I'm from, you gotta do for yourself, and then you can't do for others, and then you gotta be the best of yourself. And and then I like I'm writing this down for this podcast, and then I read it over, and I'm like, I don't, I'm not sure that that made any sense. I'm not. I could be wrong, but to me, Dana, that was just excuses. Okay. <laughs> um. I, I don't really understand why she's so upset to be there because like you said, she could leave at any time, but she seems depressed and she seems like she was forced to be there in some way. Like it just doesn't seem voluntary. I don't really know what her deal is. You know, I texted you, the chick lives with a chip on her shoulder. I've, yeah. That people like that aggravate me. You know, I said it, you don't have to be there. You're actually being paid to be there. So right. and we know that. <laughs> You're being paid to be there when people go there and are barely getting any money to survive yeah. just for being there. So 
no one feels sorry for her and nobody feels sorry for her because she grew up in DC and she had to defend herself or be for herself. Most of America grows up that way. I think the the majority of people do not grow up with a a golden spoon or a silver spoon in their mouth. So a hundred percent, like the majority of people would relate to you if you would come across a little bit more relatable than having a chip on your shoulder about doing anything. I mean, it is anything interacting yeah, I mean the staff people. were saying the staff said like Angela has a tood and she has ostracized herself from the rest of the recruits so I mean being part of the military is being part of a team and she's just not being a team player yeah it, it cracked me up that they made Tara read the what the <laughs> recruit DR um this is like a big a big thing because you're going to be the oh, one is that is prompting everyone to do anything. And she immediately comes in and is the most indirect, <laughs> the most indirect orders I've ever heard. She said, and I quote, no later than exactly 7 a.m. That's <laughs> like literally not how military people speak. I mean, we all know like the 0700. We all know how to say it like that. So. Well, and you're either there at seven o'clock or no later than seven o'clock. <laughs> Six fifty-nine is not okay either. Savannah, Savannah is my spirit animal during this exercise, this whole experiment. Her and I are on the same same wavelength the whole time. She said, "I don't even understand what she says half the time." I know, I I know you think it's funny, and it is, but like, and then Bode is sort of making like Bode Bodie or whatever his name. Uh, Miller, he makes a nose like a noise like like just sort of imitating her. But like she is such a nice girl. Like I do feel really she bad really for her. is, and I I feel bad doing it. I really do. But you're on there, and you're on there to do something, and I feel like you are like it's so scrambled. Like everything she does is so scrambled no. and half-assed. I can't even take it seriously. Even her sentences I- are half-assed. But I think she actually is trying her best. I think that is actually her best. You could very well be right. You could very well be right. I mean, (sighs) I don't don't even know what to say other than she had a prime and it is not right now. God love you. That's a good point. Not everybody gets to be famous for their entire career. Yeah. That – yeah, that that was just hard to watch. And then they got them all trekking across this treacherous mountain terrain with 30 bags over their heads. And she's struggling. She can't do it. She's like, I'm I, I'm a petite girl. I feel like it's going to fall off. And then Tyler helps her and he carries it. And it's like half her weight. I mean, I would guess she weighs about 70 pounds. Uh, no more than that. Soaking wet. Yeah. So you know? I, I can't imagine what it would be like for her and the way she sits. Dana, her posture, you know she doesn't have a good back or spine from the way that she's sitting in those confessionals, which, by the way, she's wearing a suit that I think she borrowed from (laughs) Patricia on Southern Charm. I I cannot. I really cannot. I I feel like she could have fit, like, she totally could have wore, like, a T-shirt, a leather jacket, some jeans in that confessional, and she wore, like, her grandma's suit. I... The whole thing is just really off and weird. It's awkward. It totally is. It totally is. I mean, 
And she was also someone who wasn't making a lot of sense. She was saying things like in her, I don't know what you call them, confessionals, talking heads, whatever you like to call them. But she's talking about how she's really strong and that she's stronger than people give her credit for. But she's not strong and she's petite. She's really weak. Even the knapsacks scare me. Knapsacks. It's just... Is, it was. I, I hope this didn't affect her self-esteem. I hope it only did something positive for her. But I, I'm glad she's, she's, she's gone because that was that was hard to watch. And especially when they gave her the duty of tr- helping people get dressed, that is bizarre. We're all adults, and I think it was Des that said she's making this harder. <laughs> and I'm sure she was. I'm sure yeah. she was. She can't even get her own coat unzipped in the first episode. So I know, I know. why would that be the scenario where you think that she would gain some independence or yeah. some some leverage there by taking on, I don't know. And when Tyler took her backpack and they sped up Black China, Angie, a.k.a. whatever, her <laughs> attitude just increased. My knees, Ellie, my knees. That's what it reminded me of, that commercial. Oh, Ellie, my knees. <laughs> Like, I'm 40-some years old. My knees hurt. I have a bad knee from cheerleading and hyperextending. I still have done things just like that. Like, when my husband trained, I would do things like that. We would take hikes and do things like that for me to be supportive. It's not easy, but she was totally being the biggest pussy I've ever seen. Like, for somebody who thinks she's such a badass. Mm -hmm. Good point. What a pussy mentality she had for going on just, what, a three or four mile hike that they did. I don't know. And no one else is complaining besides the two of them. Like, like all of the other people are sucking it up. So, you know, I don't see her as any different physically in terms of the other women. So I don't really know unless she had, like, a particular knee injury. But she knows the drill by now. Like, they're not going to let her go back. (laughs) That's just not happening. No, and if she goes back, she's going to have to carry the bag to get there. Yeah. So um, they they give them that, and they talk to them about what they're there to do when they arrive. Mm-hmm. They arrive at this ice pond. Um, yeah, that looked nice. <laughs> it looked scary as hell when they broke the ice open. Number Crazy. three, a.k.a. Tom, his face when they broke it, I laughed. That was probably his longest portion on on film so far for these two episodes was when they showed his face in that moment, I feel like. It was. He was, like, dead silent, just gasping. They talked about the mnemonics they gave them the night before. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you wrote them down. I just wrote them up at one time. (laughs) I wrote all of them down. A couple of them sounded really stupid. Like, the Muppet one actually made sense (laughs) to me. Like, it was funny. Um, I I think if nobody knows what Special Force it is, is I may use that in a conversation at some point, you know, like Southern people say, bless your heart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but like the most useless, pathetic person ever trained. See, I feel like um, I can remember that. That's pretty funny. <laughs> clear, loud, as an order pauses. What does that even mean? Exactly. And I feel like it's more difficult to memorize something if you don't know what it means. Well, and I feel like some of these were super easy, like NBC, nuclear, biological, chemical. Like, I know that. You didn't have to give me a mnemonic for that. I already knew that. Okay. Um, Grit, group, range, indication, type of fire. That one was probably the hardest, and that's actually the one that Tom got. 
Oh yeah, it is. It is. He he did it. I mean, but it isn't it interesting to watch them underwater? And I guess what happens to your body, or I don't really know the mechanics of it. Maybe you can speak more to it as a nurse. What happens to your body once it gets in that sort of um, crisis sort of state? But you could see that his brain almost like couldn't remember who he was, where he was, what he was supposed to be doing. Am I correct in that? You are correct. So as that cold hits your your heart and your brain and then the blood pumping out of them is colder, hitting your organs, it starts becoming a little bit harder for things to connect. So although he was, his brain was telling him to speak, I don't know if you saw it, but he was like, well, uh, uh, yes, yes. It was super Scary. interesting. Yeah. Super interesting to watch. That is, is it hit him a lot quicker than I thought it did others. Um, I don't know if it's maybe because he lives in California and he lives in a climate where, you know, he's warm most of the time. So mm-hmm. he's not really used to that cold climate. So maybe for somebody like me or somebody from Alaska, it wouldn't be as quick for them mm-hmm. because their body sense. and their, their heart blood is used to the, the colder temps. But yeah, it will definitely slow down your response time to things. So and interesting. You, you could tell they were judging them by their response on when they were bringing them out. Right, right. And I don't know if you noticed right before it was Tom's turn, Q, which is one of the staff, says to Tom, oh, you got your nails painted. What's that? And Tom says, well, I was touring with my band. I don't know why he thinks that's a reasonable explanation for having white nails. Like, oh, well, I'm in a band. Oh, no further questions to ask. Like, what does that mean? Like, it's it's not like Craig from Southern Charm where he has the one nail painted for domestic violence. Oh, is that yeah. what it is? It is. Okay, then yeah, I'll show it. Up. Is. <laughs> no it's idea why. Domestic <laughs> violence charity. Yeah, it's a, a women. It's actually a women's, um, and it's a really, really amazing charity. I looked it up because I couldn't take it anymore. That I didn't know why, but it's not like it's that. No one's like, oh, awesome! You got your nails painted <laughs> for that. You're so cool, bro. You're in a band. Like, I don't know. But then we've got his talking head there where he says one of the reasons he's there is because he let down his family and other people whose last name is Sandoval and tarnished the name. And he wants to bring some honor back to the name. So I actually heard this recently as well, too, in his podcast saying he said that his brother had asked him to take down any pictures that he had of the two of them because he was getting hate by being a Sandoval. But I don't know what he thinks is going to happen on special forces too. Cause again, there's no winner, but even if there were like his family is going to be proud if he wins special forces to use the name Sandoval again. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I don't think that's going to be the, well, the here's the thing but, at okay. the same time he's being revealed as the masked singer. So right. Right after doing the masked singer in a scuba dive costume, he leaves to try and fix the name on special forces. Here's the thing. None of those things are going to fix what you did. The only thing that's going to fix what you did is changing the attitude and stance of who you are. And we all know that's not changing. We can tell. I still haven't listened to an episode of his podcast, but I did um, hear some more clips. Mm -hmm. It's unbearable to listen to the clips. I can't imagine what it's like to to listen to the whole podcast. How are you? Girl, I have to... (laughs) 
I had to do a podcast on Friday night about both episodes. And I can actually tell you they were identical episodes because he had uh, Jerry O'Connell on the second episode, who he booked 90 minutes in advance as he had no one available, which sounds like the most unorganized thing that I've ever heard. I just would never do that as a new podcaster who is already people are already a little tentative about. And Jerry ended up basically interviewing Tom. Now, Jerry did an amazing job. But that's not how a podcast works. Um, the guest doesn't usually interview the host. And every question that he asked was kind of answered by Tom on the first episode because Jerry didn't bother to listen to the first episode, which is fine. Not his job. Wow. Uh, he did a really, really great job in terms of the questions that he asked and trying to hold him accountable. That was really, really great. But the content was basically the same. And then you're going to laugh. So right at the end, Jerry says to Tom, like, so what what is this podcast? Like, what are you going to do with it? What's it going to be about? And he's like, well, you know what? I have this theory that like when you make plans. They never work out, so we're just going to see how it goes. Okay, Tom. Okay. That sounds really um, professional. Great. Um, it's so interesting that that was your perspective, too. When I was listening to Two Teas in a Pod, it's one of my favorites. I'm, I love. used to be a huge Tamara stan. I don't care for this season. I don't like yeah. the new Tamara. She's being a meanie. She is, but I love Two Teas in a Pod. Yeah, same. And her and Emily were talking about it. And that was their take too, that he is unprepared as a podcast host, that they felt like he was scrambling, like he didn't know what he was supposed to be saying or asking. And he was unprepared to host the podcast in general. So I, I love that that was your takeaway as well. Like you have no idea how much work I've put into a podcast. I haven't even started yet. <laughs> a lot of equipment I am guest hosting like this to get my feet wet and to put the work into it not everyone can just walk off the street and do a podcast and I am putting in the work and he's just like hmm if everyone else is doing it I'm gonna do it too I, I and that's just like not... there's a lot of celebrities doing that especially especially for sure, for sure. celebrities for sure and so I can't say you can't have a podcast when like everybody has one but personally I don't think this is gonna last longer than four months maybe I mean, I can't remember who said it, but podcasting isn't for everybody. Like, it was, it was me. It was me that said that. <laughs> yeah, I said that last week. It's not for everyone, is which not. is fine. Not everyone is a good public speaker. That's fine. Yeah. You'll find whatever it is you're good at. Maybe it's cover band singing, whatever it is. It's just not this, data. and that's fine. Okay, write it down, write it down. <laughs> <laughs> Should be my yearbook quote 20 years too late. Right? I don't know. Um, I, I thought I thought I couldn't believe that he still had braids in for this exercise. Like, okay, so I was confused because that was a good braid, right? Like, that's a French braid in the he middle didn't of do your that head. Himself. Yeah. No, of course not. But he has a braid guy. Do you remember? Like, I think it's season six where Ariana and Tom are both getting their braid guy to come over, and Ariana's like, "If Tom and I could just learn to braid each other's hair, like we would be saving so much money." But it was such a good braid that it actually made me curious. Like, obviously, this is special forces. No one's bringing glam like they do on Housewives, but. Who did that braid? That is a good braid. I'm very curious. Hilarious. Like, did he bring someone on the side? Well, you know that I think that Black China did it, but that's oh, just maybe. me being like, like stupid because I feel like Savannah didn't really care for him. Well, I bet you it was JoJo. You're right. JoJo had braids in her hair. Did you notice yep, that? It was that JoJo. Episode? So maybe JoJo. It, it was, was really 100 percent JoJo. I didn't even think about her. But I was thinking about like between Black China and Kelly and Savannah. I'm like, those people, like, first of all, I don't think Kelly could braid. I'm 
fairly positive I would lay down money that Kelly probably would not braid. <laughs> she seems pretty um, laid back to me. Like, I could care less about a braid. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I was just... It's funny that he's still finding small little ways to try to be his authentic Tom self on a place where you can't bring anything, right? So he's got his fancy braid, he's got his fancy nails, and it's funny that he's still trying to give a Luke L-E-W-K. Yep. And (laughs) he's trying. (laughs) He's trying for his Lukes. He is. Nobody has gone home during this challenge, but they move pretty quickly into the next challenge right same terrain getting there tara complaining the whole way when they arrive she immediately kind of like throws in the towel throws in the the rock rucksack i should say (laughs) proverbial rucksack i don't i guess for me i kind of want i kind of wanted to ask you what do you think would make you take off your patch like what do you think would be the (laughs) okay so you don't know me very well i wouldn't have even (laughs) enrolled in something like this i am literally a potato like literally a weeble do you even know what a weeble like i don't know if that's a canadian thing either like i am so i am just not a physical physically active person at all like honestly the first day if they said like put this put on this outfit, I probably would have gotten out of breath from just that. So I I wouldn't have even enrolled. So I'm really not the one to ask in terms of what a regular person could endure. But let's make you that person. Let's let's just assume. So heights is a big one for me. Fair. I mean, I think the pole challenge, I probably, I have a hard time, like, if I can do it without looking the entire time, I'm good. And I feel like both of these height challenges, you had to stare at the freaking ground yeah. the whole time. I would die. Like, I'd be Savannah. I'd be puking. I think her I'm and so I, nice. she's my soul sister in this moment <laughs> because I definitely, the height would probably make me throw up. I actually am okay with heights. I don't know if the height would make me throw up, but I mean, this is sort of funny to think, or or, I don't know if you would consider it this, but it sort of reminded me of like old school bachelor episodes where a lot of them would be going on like these rappelling down a building sort of dates. (laughs) And so it sort of looked like that, even though, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I didn't really understand the whole thing, but I guess, so another person has to be coming down at the same time to level you out so that you don't fall back or forwards. Is that right? No, that is. No. Okay. go alone but they did it this way and I honestly think they did it this way because of timing of the episode and I can say that on the bio files Nick did say they did not show they are not showing things in the order that they occurred so remember when I told you I wasn't sure whether they were they did not Mm -hmm. um and he the way they said it was he said you lean too far forward you need dental work. You lean too far backward. You need some head trauma. Got it. You'll have some head trauma. So mm-hmm. it's all about balancing and it's your own balance, but it is quite the pull on your gut for oh, this one. So I was trying to understand what happened to Des there with his stomach, but it's yes. a 330 foot dam. See, and That's... I wasn't sure how, how many feet it was. So I'm glad yeah, you caught that. Three, I did. 300 yeah. feet. I would shit myself. Oh, and guess what? Des did shit himself, according to Nick. 
Is that why he was screaming like, let me down, let me down. Yeah. So he goes back for that second time. And right. when Black China is on that wall, she's, you know, to me, first of all, I would have not gone over the side until she had made up her mind. She mm-hmm. had to be over the wall for me to climb over because I knew I was going. And that's the way I would have felt about it. She can wait there a second because I don't know whether she's coming. But I'm sure he was probably being the nice gentleman about it. But Nick said that he was screaming and that he hung there for about five to seven minutes, Dana. In his shit? Yes. No, like hung there for five to seven minutes. Oh, waiting for Black Child. Yeah, why he ended up shitting himself. And he was saying he was in pain, but when he came down, I don't know if you noticed, he looked directly at the camera and he was like screaming. And then you start seeing cameras like you see a little bit of fourth wall break because he starts losing it, throwing off his badge, throwing off his hat, storming away. And I thought like, again, like HR issues or is he upset that they didn't let him down when he had asked to? And why is that such a big deal? And then you sort of see Tom and Nick saying, well, yeah, it like kind of pulls on your guts, like you sort of said, but it's not that bad and so they didn't even they were sort of like why is he acting like that but if i shit myself and it was everywhere i'd be pissed too i'd be like let me down from here well, this isn't a game anymore I, I, re- I re-watched it trying to like see if i <laughs> you know of course you did. I, that, I was like i have to see you know, this is awful. I was literally watching, rewatching, and rewinding, looking for shit stain thing. This is what I was doing for this podcast. I was taking a shit stain for the team. Okay. But maybe that's why army outfits are shaded the way they are in just different shades of brown. You could not see anything. So, okay. Des, whatever underwear you had on, I would like to know because those that's some good coverage right there. Yeah, sure. Some good coverage <laughs> on the hiney. But he's like screaming, get this shit off me. Yeah. Fuck this shit. I'm gone. He's screaming. And I'm like, uh-oh. Like, it just sort of. And But then he like flipped a switch. Because then you see him go into like this room that sort of looks like like an office or a doctor's office. And he's sort of like talking to himself. And he's sort of going like, damn it. I, what the fuck? And he's just sort of saying things to himself. And then he speaks to the, to the staff. And he's like, you know what? I'm disappointed in myself. I'm sorry. And then they said, well. What's done is done. I was surprised they didn't let him back in. But I I also, I feel like he wasn't okay. Well, I think that is, I mean, that's in the real world. You don't, you don't do that. Oh, okay. Like in the military, military. you can't lose it like that. And you heard that guy throw him in the water and they were afraid to. So they were even afraid to react in that moment the way that they should have because of how he was reacting. I can say I saw almost something similar from oh man. And I can't think of what his name is on. Uh, we wa- we both watched the stars from Mars mm-hmm. stars on Mars. Stars on Mars uh, yeah. Sherman. He had oh, a similar uh, reaction or... there. And I feel like this is like a problem with NFL football stars they don't know how to control themselves because they've been catered to for way too long. Oh, interesting. I never thought about it like that. Okay. I I don't really care for, I'm not much of a sports person. I no, don't me neither. Not at like, all. Not at all. Okay. I do. This not is as watch far as sports. into sports I get. <laughs> yeah. I do not watch sports. We're not like a football house here. So for me, I 
I feel like I'm starting to correlate. A lot of them have really poor attitudes. And I know that if I'm playing sports, especially when my son played, those were the kids that I was like, damn, I feel sorry for those parents because how embarrassing is it that that's the way your kid acts? And I wonder if their parents still feel that way when they're watching them on TV <laughs> and they're acting like total douchebags. But you know what? Like there was just something about him at the beginning and something he said at the end. Just he said the both the same thing both times, just about getting his mental in check. And it didn't seem like it was right. So I don't know if it was this experiment that was making him kind of lose it or maybe just not being with his family. But he just didn't seem OK to me. And it was probably best that he left. I think he's the probably the biggest chicken shit. Um, you think that's all it was? Well, here's the thing. He said, I'm so scared of water. I'm so scared of heights. I'm so scared. Yeah. Like, I'm so scared of literally everything they did. So you think it was that just being more afraid? Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it was right, messing with his his mental ability to focus on, you know, being successful. And I'm sure in yeah. his career, it's all about like winning. Right. Um, well, he was the third recruit to leave. Did we actually confirm that China left? I'm not sure if we did. She did. Yeah, yeah. she did. So we, we are she down to 11. She took off the patch at the top when she refused to cross the wall. So we're down to 11 recruits. We are. Day two. <laughs> Day two. I, it was crazy. Wow. When it ended, I was like, holy shit, three days yeah. episode. Like, damn. You know, it's funny because it starts and there was barely any Tom in it again, but like, I laughed throughout most of this episode. I I've laughed throughout most of this podcast, and I'm still enjoying this to the degree that it is. I kind of, I'm okay that there's less Tom. Not that I was even watching it because I enjoy Tom. It was just more to mock him, but I'm enjoying everybody else as well, and I, I think this show has is, is been fun to watch. Me too, and I'm sure you are enjoying less Tom after listening to that podcast as many times. The less, the less I have to hear uh, Tom's voice, the better. You know, I'm... I will never go to a Tom Sandoval on the most extra show. I hope they have him talk less on this show. And um, I will not be listening to any future podcast episodes unless he has someone amazing on, but probably not. He only has like two other friends. So, right. Next but week I, will be Billy. The week after will be. Getting to we're, we're coming upon the Billy Lee podcast right, episode right, right now. Right. Exactly. Oh, shoot. Okay. Well, thanks so much. I love these. I'm having so much fun doing them. So. I love them, too, and I love that tomorrow on my day off for the Canadian Thanksgiving, I'll be watching episode three, so you guys all better watch tomorrow night, and um, please give me a follow if you get a chance. I'm Dana Mandel at Brunch and Bravo on Instagram. Yes, please go follow and check out her awesome memes, and don't forget to keep downloading. Uh, we're going to keep doing these Special Forces recaps, and who